There it is. Is that right? Is it on? <clears throat> well, good morning. What a privilege it is for me to be here. Um, I've had an incredible weekend with a whole bunch of couples on Saturday uh, and now getting to uh, share some truth with you this morning is a high, high privilege for me. Uh, so I, uh, I'm very, very grateful. I've, uh, I've come to uh, appreciate your pastor enormously. Uh, you know, you are highly blessed. Did you know that? Yeah, I thought you did. I uh, just wanted to let you know that. Well, <laughs> you know, I've been involved in uh, counseling couples for 30-plus years now, and uh, it's been very interesting to me um, that there's, there's, a, there's a commonality that, uh, that I have found through these 30 years. I, I used to have in my office, I used to have a love seat. So a couple would come in and uh, to talk with me and they'd have to sit close to each other. Uh, but somehow, depending upon the degree of angst in their marriage, they would leave room for maybe a dog or maybe two dogs or a truck in terms of how far apart they would get from each other. And I could tell by, by where they were sitting on the love seat uh, just how much love there was left in their relationship. And unfortunately, sad for me to say that uh, all too often, uh, there was way too much space between them. Um, and I... Uh, you know, it, 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 it breaks my heart. Uh, God has uh, given us the marriage relationship. Does, does anybody know what the relationship of heaven is going to be? Does anyone know? It's going to be a marriage between the church and Christ. And the reason for that is that marriage is God's very best. It's the very best. And so we need to treasure our marriages. We need to recognize them as sacred. We need to see each other as more important than ourselves. And we need to work sacrificially and selflessly to make sure that our spouse is happy and cared for and loved and is thriving in the relationship. That's what we need to be doing. You know, what I've, what I've found over the course of the years, though, that uh, there's, this, there's this issue of forgiveness. And for whatever the reason, uh, us mortals, we don't forgive well. We don't forgive quickly. Our tendency is to hold on to our angst. And it's been fascinating to me. I will see a couple that, for the first time, and they maybe have been married 25 years, and they'll start sharing what their struggles are, and their struggles go back 20 years. And it's like they've been holding on to stuff that happened years ago, and they haven't let it go. They haven't, they haven't forgiven each other. They haven't been free from that history. That, that that lack of forgiveness 
that unwillingness to forgive uh, serves to be a, a weight on their marriage that ultimately they can't carry. And they're ready to go sideways. They're ready to give up on the marriage relationship and go their separate ways. And, and a lot of it really has to do with the inability to forgive, or at least the, 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 un, the determination not to. Uh, and I don't know that we understand. That's really what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about forgiveness because I don't think we get it. We don't get it. We don't understand it. But it is huge. If you are a follower of Christ Jesus, then forgiving and loving to forgive is something that ought to be a part of our life and our relationships. You know, I had a, uh, I, I had a prison ministry a number of years ago and uh, worked with prisoners in a state prison in California. Uh, and there was one, one young man there that, that had, uh, uh, had a sentence of 15 years. And, and the reason for his sentence was that, that he drank considerably. And one night he was pretty well loaded and went out in his truck. And he lost control of his truck and he crossed the center divide and hit another car head on. And the driver of the other car, a man, he was killed instantly in the crash. And so he was convicted of, I don't know what the, you know, manslaughter or vehicular, uh, I don't know exactly what the actual charges were, but he was serving 15 years. And he shared with me an amazing story. He told me, with tears running down his cheeks, he told me how after about four years in the state penitentiary that, that he was told that there was someone that was, wanted to visit with him. And so he was escorted to the visiting chambers and uh, brought into a little room where through the glass he could talk to someone else and a woman that he had no idea who it was came in to talk to him, and it turned out to be the wife of that man he had killed. And she said to him, she said to him, I have hated you, I have loathed you, I have been so angry and hostile towards you, but I'm a child of God. And I came to the place where I recognized that, that I need to forgive you. And so I came to see you today to let you know that I forgive you for what you did. It's pretty powerful that she would have the capacity to do that. She carries on a correspondence with him. They write to each other, and periodically she comes and visits him at the prison, and they're actually friends after such a horrendous, horrendous hurt. Uh, she is now friends with the man that, that took, took the life of her husband. Well, let me ask you a question. How much would you be willing to forgive?
As a matter of fact, are there things that you are holding on to right now that uh, need to be placed in that place of forgiveness as opposed to over here in this place of anger and angst and hatred and I'll, I'll never and I hope they suffer and die in hell and you know all of those ugly kinds of things that, that keep us from that place of forgiveness. So how much would you be willing to forgive? You know, I, I want you to know if there are limits on our willingness to forgive, then we had best not pray the Lord's Prayer. Did you know that? Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Just say, repeat that last one again. Okay, so forgive us our trespasses or our sin. Forgive us our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. There's a connection between those two. Our forgiveness is connected to the way in which we forgive. If we choose not to forgive, I don't know if we can have any kind of hope or joy in the fact that we've been forgiven. St. Augustine, many, many years ago, he named that portion of the Lord's Prayer, he called it the terrible petition. The terrible petition. And he warned people about praying the Lord's Prayer and that portion of the Lord's Prayer. Because in essence, what we're saying is we're saying, Lord, treat me the way I treat others. <laughs> if I don't forgive someone for something they've done to me, then I don't expect you to forgive me either. That's what we're saying in that prayer. The terrible petition. Father, there is a person that has hurt me and I've been holding on to that hurt for a long time. Hardly a day goes by that I don't replay that circumstance in my mind. And there's so many reasons why I just, I can't forgive that person. I just can't do it. So Lord, you go ahead and treat me with the unforgiveness that I treat that person. That's what we're saying if we pray the Lord's Prayer. Take my sins out, Lord. Look at them daily and withhold from me your forgiveness. The terrible petition. Father, someday I'm going to get even with so-and-so. They'll pay dearly for what they've done to me. Father, make me pay dearly too. 
I wonder if we are understanding what the scripture teaches here, and I don't think so. I think we miss it. This is the only part of the Lord's Prayer that's explained. After the end of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, Jesus, Jesus goes on and he, he explains that part of it. And, and in essence, what he says is he says that if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. You know, the same principle is found in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. That there's a connection between our, our behavior and the way in which the Lord looks at us and cares for us and loves us. Whatever measure you give out, that's exactly how God will measure it back to us. Forgiveness is not optional. I don't believe. Forgiven people forgive. Well, I've, I've met a lot of people who have been forgiven like this young man in prison, who have been forgiven a horrible debt by the man's wife. And I got to tell you, there is no way that that young man will ever hold anything against anyone. He is so full of forgiveness because he is so forgiven. And if you're a child of the Most High God here this morning, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have invited him into your life, guess what? You're forgiven. For whatever your history might be, unless, of course, you choose not to forgive others. Forgiveness is not optional. Forgiven people forgive. Forgiving people are forgiven. Listen to the words of Jesus. We are to love our enemies. Really? Really? We are to love our enemies. Bless those that curse us, Scripture says. Do good to them that hate us. And pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute us. For in so doing, we show that we are truly the children of our forgiving Heavenly Father. There is power in forgiveness. There is healing in forgiveness. There is joy in forgiveness. There is peace in forgiveness. And we need a generous dose of forgiveness in our marriages. Now, yesterday we talked a lot about Ephesians 5 and mutual submission in the fear of God, which is the, the entrance into the teaching in Ephesians on the marriage relationship. How we are to see each other as more important than ourselves. And we're to arrange our lives under our spouse. And we are to love each other 
love each other without limitations. And that ultimately we're accountable back to God. In the fear of God, we're accountable back to God for how we treat each other as husband and wife. And again, my experience has been over the last 30 years that the couples that are marriage, married, that they accumulate angst. And they store it up somehow. And they remember the time you did this, or you didn't do that, or you did this thing or that. or And they accumulate it all. And so couples that have been married for a while, they've accumulated enough angst that they kind of have maybe a peaceful coexistence at the best, but they don't really, they don't really love each other. They do separate lives together, but they don't see each other as more important than themselves, which is what mutual submission means. And so I see so many couples that, that do life together, only it's not together. And they just kind of sort of exist. And it's not even close to the joy that God has for us in the marriage relationship. It is his best. And it is for our joy. And forgiveness is a big part of a joyful marriage. So how do, how do you forgive? How do we go about forgiving? Does anybody have any idea how you do that? Now, I would suggest that we forgive the way God forgives. It's a good idea, do you think? God says that, that our sins are buried in the deepest sea. Do you know that there are places in the Pacific Ocean that in spite of our technology, we can't find the bottom? I think that's probably one of the places our sins get buried. One of those places where we can't find the bottom. Another place the scripture says that our sins are separated as far as as the east is from the west. And again, that's an interesting picture. It's like my sins have been taken from me and they've been taken as far as the east is from the west. As long as I'm going in that direction, I never get to west. Isn't that interesting? I'm always going east. And so I never run into my sins again. I mean, that's basically they're infinite. infinite. It's an infinite distance that he removes our sins from us. And then he chooses, you know, the choice through the death and resurrection of Christ is to extend to us forgiveness. And he looks at us as if we had never, ever, ever That's the way he sees us.
someone asked me after the first seed uh, service, they came up and said, when I forgive somebody, do I have to forget it? <laughs> oh, okay, you want to forgive them, but you want to remember it. You want to keep track of it. You want to hold on to it, just in case they should do it again. Now, that's one of the hard things is the forgetting part. You know, sometimes we maybe have scars that we can look at that remind us of whatever that circumstance was that hurt us so badly. And yet, and yet we can't Get it or not, we must forgive it. And if it comes back again and haunts us again, we've got to forgive it again. So forgetting is not easy, I'll tell you that much. But I truly believe that God will help us. Will we do it perfectly? No, probably not. Will we try try really hard to forgive? Well, I certainly hope so. I hope so. Our lives, our marriages, even our children's future depends on it. What a wonderful thing to teach your kids is to teach them to be forgiving. And you do that by example. That's how you do that. Giving forgiveness away always blesses the daylights out of us. It's the affirmation of the fact that we're forgiven when we forgive. You know, a number of years ago, I had a, uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, this was back in California in the mountains, and he was a dentist in town. And uh, he was very popular. People loved to go see him. And uh, uh, he was very, very good at what he did. And he came in to see me one day. And he said, I've got a problem. And I said, well, what's your problem? And he said, my problem is I have so many people out there that I have done dental work for them and they have not paid me. And it's a relatively small town, so he sees them in the market, sees them at the post office, you know, you bump into all these people. He says, it's killing me. It's just killing me like I want to go grab them and put them up against the wall and say, you owe me $3,000. You know, when are you going to pay me back? He said, it's killing me. I don't know what to do. I'm paralyzed. I am so unhappy. And I'm just, you know, I'm unhappy relationally. 
like I don't want to I don't want to leave the office. And so in my great wisdom, I said to him, I have an idea. Why don't you forgive them of their debt? Do you know how much money that would be? And I said, I have no idea how much the money that would be. I know you're not starving. You know, you do very, very well. Why don't you just forgive those that can't pay? And he mumbled and thought about it. And I don't know if I can do that or not. So he left and... uh, you know, ignored my wise counsel for a while. But it kept rubbing on him, kept getting to him. And so one day he came into my office again. And I said, are you still struggling with that, all of that? And he said, no, no, I am free. I said, really, what did you do? He said, I did what you told me to do. He said, I sent out Christmas cards to all the people that that owed me money. And I said to them, the debt has been paid. You don't owe me any money at all. He said, I go to get mail now. People come up and hug me and love on me and say, thank you so much, doctor. He said, man, my, it's changed everything in my life. Instead of being so bitter and hostile and angry, it says all that's been taken away. I'm free of all of that. And from that year on, until he retired, every year he took great joy during the Christmas holiday of sending out forgiveness cards to everyone that owed him money from the previous year. And I'll tell you, I'm sure those people were happy to get that card. Wow, 4000 bucks. I don't have to pay that off. That's been weighing on me. I'm, gee, it's been bogging me down. But I don't think anyone was as happy as the one who forgave the debt. I mean, he his life, it changed everything in his life. And his life was full of joy. Now he loved to go to the post office and pick up his mail. And the people that owed him stuff, those were the people that were coming up and loving on him instead of hiding from him, knowing that they know owe him something. I mean, it changed everything. What a gift. What a gift. Jesus has given us the gift of forgiveness. He took whatever punishment we deserve, he took that unto himself in order to set us free from our sin. The debt has been paid. By Christ Jesus. And therefore, we can live with great joy. And we can live taking great joy 
not only in being forgiven, but in forgiving others. So I challenge you this morning as couples, if there's stuff, if there's angst in your history, if there's stuff that is that separates you, if there's things that you don't even talk about anymore that, that is a sore spot, let me urge you to pray the Lord's Prayer and say, Father, forgive me as I fully enjoy and celebrate my forgiveness of others. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And thank you for teaching me to forgive as well. Let me pray. Father, I just ask this morning that you will you will cause us to, to spend some time in self-examination in terms of the amount of angst and anger and unforgiveness that dwells within our hearts. That, Lord, we would, we would deal with that. We would face it. We would get rid of it. And we would solve it by being one who reflects the very heart of Jesus who more than anything else loves to forgive others with the forgiveness that we've received.